interested in knowing more about God and worshiping and serving Him, it's great to be together tonight. Last Sunday evening, I mentioned to you Romans chapter 15, verse 4, that says, whatever things are written for, written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. And we can learn a lot of vital lessons about God from the Old Testament. We looked at some of those last week. Tonight I'd look at, like to look at some more um, from the Old Testament, lessons that we learn from the Old Testament. Is that? That's better. Okay. All right. Um, tonight I'd like to look at one, uh, some lessons that we learned from the promises to Abraham. As we begin the book of Genesis... Through the first 11 chapters, there's some really interesting stories and, and interesting things that we can learn. But in chapter 12 of Genesis is a pivotal point for the whole Bible. From Genesis, Genesis chapter 12 through the remainder of the Bible, we see things playing out. Now, that begins earlier in Genesis chapter 3, no doubt. But in Genesis chapter 12, some groundwork is laid that is going to be pivotal for the rest of the Bible. Would you turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 12? I want to look at the promises that God made to Abraham. God made some incredible promises to Abraham, and he fulfilled those promises. His promises that he uh, makes to Abraham and he makes throughout scriptures are not ambiguous promises. They're not vague promises. The promises are very specific. The fulfillment of them is very definitive. There is no... Uh, really uh, ambiguity about whether or not the promises have been fulfilled, and that is true with the promises made to Abraham. So I want to talk with you tonight about the promises God made to Abraham. If you would, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Tonight we're going to break from our, our uh, normal practice, and all the scriptures we're going to look at are going to be flipped into your, your Bible here. That You don't have to have a battery or any electricity for where we're going to find the scriptures tonight. Not going to be on the screen. I'll put them up there, uh, the, the references up there, and then we'll turn to read them. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 12, beginning of verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's three promises here that are made in Genesis chapter 12. You may want to put a marker there because we're going to come back several times to Genesis chapter 12 to look at these promises. They're phenomenal, and they were fulfilled, and their, prom their fulfillment helps us to have confidence in God and His promises. First up, God made the promise for one again and to, Mo to Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, Look at verse 1 again. The Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Drop down to verse 7 of chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So God said he was going to give his descendants a land. In chapter 13, drop down to chapter 13. After Lot and Abram part ways, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 12, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. And drop, skip verse 13, drop down to verse 14 of Genesis 13. 
And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 7. Drop down to chapter 15, verse 7. God is again repeating this idea that he's going to give them, give Abram and his descendants land. In Genesis 15, verse 18, Genesis 15, 18, on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And so there's some specificity here about what land was going to be given to Abraham. That land promise was repeated now to Abram and Abraham, or Abraham's descendants. He repeats that promise to Isaac in chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. Genesis chapter uh, 26, verses 3 and 4. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you, God says to Isaac, and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Sounds a lot like what God told Abraham, isn't it? There, as he tells Isaac. He tells Isaac's son Jacob the same promise in chapter 28 of Genesis, chapter 28, verse 4. And give you the blessing of Abraham, God says to Jacob, to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So Jacob is now recipient of this promise that God has made initially to Abraham. In chapter uh, 28, verse 13, uh, God says, I am the Lord God of your Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give you and your descendants. And so the promise goes on. He repeats it, that promise again in chapter 35 of Genesis, verse 12. In chapter 48, verse 4, God makes the promise of a land to Abraham. That's the first of the promises. And the kids probably know all three of these, but we're going to look at them again tonight. Genesis chapter, uh, the second promise that was made to him was a great nation. Back in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, we're going to see here that the promise of a great nation, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. He was going to make him a great nation. And as time goes on, God gives more details to Abraham about what he's talking about, about this being a, him being a great nation. Drop down to chapter 13 of Genesis, verse 16. Genesis chapter 13, verse 16. God says he's going to make his descendants like the dust of the earth. What does it mean he's going to be a great nation? Well, his descendants are going to be like a, the dust of the earth. In Genesis 13, verse 16, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. They were going to be a, a large nations. The, the imagery is uh, expanded upon and given more detail here. And God says he's going to make his descendants like the stars of heaven in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And no doubt, when Abraham looked to the heavens, there were a whole lot more stars to be seen than we see in our light-polluted city night. Those stars were no doubt popping out to Abraham. And God says, you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. 
And what, what Abraham saw was like what we see on the seashore. Look at chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, verse 17. Genesis 22, verse 17. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And so now Abraham's descendants are said to be like the sand of the seashore, plentiful, numerous, uh, an enormous number of descendants. This promise that was made to Abraham was also repeated to Isaac and Jacob. Isaac has given that same promise in chapter 26, verse 4. In chapter 26, verse 4, um, that he will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. And um, chapter 26, verse 24, again, he's told that he's going to have uh, his descendants be multiplied. The promise of a great nation is repeated to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, verse 3. Genesis 28, verse 3, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples. Jacob is told here that his descendants would multiply. Chapter 28, verse 14. Chapter 28, verse 14. Notice this. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. In you and in your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. Jacob is going to enjoy these blessings as well. It's repeated over and over again to Jacob. Chapter 32, verse 12. Chapter 35, verse 11. Chapter 46, verse 3. Chapter 48, verse 4. Over and over again, God has said, the descendants of Abraham are going to be like the sand of the sea, like the stars of heaven, and like the dust of the earth. Numerous and plentiful, this great nation that is promised to Abraham. So the first, problem, or the first promise is the land promise. The second promise is the nation promise. The third promise is the seed promise. That's in chapter 12 again of Genesis verse 3. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. There was going to be a blessing that came from Abraham's descendants, the seed promise. In you all nations of the earth will be blessed. It was repeated to Abraham in chapter 18, verse 18. Look at chapter 18, verse 18. In chapter 18, verse 18, Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Abraham was going to become a great nation, and he was going to be a great blessing to all the nations of the earth. Chapter 22, verse 18, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham's seed is going to be a blessing. We'll find out what that was here in just a few minutes. But Abraham's seed would be a blessing to the whole earth. In chapter 26, verse 4, this blessing is repeated to, to Isaac again in a verse that we've already looked at, chapter 26, verse 4. And in chapter 28, verse 14, chapter 28, verse 14, And your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, the east, north, and the south, and in you sh your seed... All, your, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so the seed promise is the third promise. And so we remember, Abraham was given three promises, the land, the nation, and the seed promise. And this is pivotal, as I said, for the rest of the, of the, the Bible. We're going to see these promises being fulfilled and played out. And so let's look to, at how these promises were fulfilled. God fulfilled the three promises he made to Abraham. He fulfilled the land promise. 
the promise that he made that they would be given the land to dwell in. He fulfilled that. Look at Exodus chapter 6. In Exodus chapter 6, beginning of verse 4. In Exodus chapter 6, beginning of verse 4. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptian kept in bond, keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God, then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So as God appears to Moses and sends him back to Egypt to bring his people out of captivity, he says, I'm bringing you out of captivity because I see what you're, you're in bondage, and I remember I made a promise. Who did I make a promise to? To Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. We just read about those promises, didn't we? He says, I'm going to fulfill the promise that I made to them to give them the land. I'm bringing them out to give them the land. And Moses understood that this is what was going to happen. Look in Exodus or Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 29, now Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. You might also know Moses' father-in-law by the name Jethro. Moses says to Jethro, We are setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. God said, I'm going to bring the children of Israel out of captivity to the land that I promised them. And they're on their way. And Moses is inviting his father-in-law to come with him and says, God is going to give us uh, the land, the place which the Lord said, I will give it to you. And when they're about to go into the promised land, look at Deuteronomy chapter 1. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, beginning of verse 6, they're about to go into the promised land. They're setting out now. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, beginning of verse 6, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You've dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain. In the mountains and in the lowland, in the south on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and their descendants after them. Moses is saying and reciting the fact that God told them, you're going to go and possess the land that you were promised. They were going to do that. And then flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7. Moses, you remember, can't go into the promised land. He can't go in because he had disobeyed the Lord. And he has someone who's going to take his place, that being Joshua, and he's passing the torch to Joshua. Notice what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. God told Mo, uh, jo, or sorry, Moses told Joshua, You've got to take the people now into the promised land, the land God promised to them. Why? So that they could inherit the land. 
they were going to inherit the land that God had promised them. And, Joshua, and God gave Joshua this commission as well. Look at Joshua chapter 1 now. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead, God says to Joshua. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I, as in you, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for this people shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua, by God, is given the charter to go and possess the land that he had promised them. It's very clear that that's what they were on the mission to do when they went into the promised land. And look in Joshua chapter 21. Joshua chapter 21. It says here that they were successful. Joshua chapter 21, beginning verse 43. Joshua 21, verse 43. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that He had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. They did possess the land that God had promised them. All the land that they had prom God had promised them, they possessed it. Joshua said that God had done all that he promised to do. Lots of verses here tonight. I don't want to just beat a dead horse here, but there, it is, there are so many verses that show that the Israelites possessed the land that God had promised them. Look at Joshua 23, verse 14. Oh, that just restarted. Joshua 23, verse 14. Oh, what happened there? Let's see here. Joshua 23, verse 14 that up here. Here we go. Um, Joshua 23 verse 14 says, um, and you know, I'm, uh, verse, verse 14 of Joshua 23, behold this day I'm going all the way, the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the harmful things until He has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which He commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which He has given you. Joshua says, you got the promise that God had made to you. He makes another promise to him, doesn't he? That if you don't remain faithful to him, God will destroy you. We'll talk about that hopefully in a couple weeks in a lesson. I want to talk to you about uh, the other promises that God had made in this regard about uh, the punishment that he would bring for them if they were unfaithful. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, King Jehoshaphat, many, many years later, acknowledge this fact that the descendants of Abraham had received the promise that he had given them. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, 
Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? The people had been given the land by God that he had promised them. The Levites living in the days of Nehemiah. We won't look at these passages uh, tonight, but they're on the screen. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, and Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 35, talks about the fact that they had been given the land that God had promised them. Look at Psalm 105 with me. Psalm 105. The psalmist in Psalm 105 acknowledges that God had fulfilled his promises to give them the land. Psalm 105, beginning verse 8. He remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, to you, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your, of your inheritance. And when they were few dropped down, indeed very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, then dropped down to verse 42 of that, of that psalm, Psalm 105, verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. He gave them the lands of the Gentiles, and they inherited the labor of the nations that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise the Lord. And so the psalmist acknowledges that they, the promise had been fulfilled. And then Jeremiah does as well in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 21 through 23. Finally tonight, to show that the land promise was fulfilled. Again, this is very fundamental for us to understand that God fulfills His promises. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 19. In Deuteronomy chapter 19, we see that the nation of Israel was going to give the cities of, going to establish six cities of refuge. The city of refuge was a place where you could go if you had accidentally murdered someone. And you, need, you could go to these cities of refuge as a hideout so that your blood, your, the, the person's blood could not be avenged. And so you could go to this city of refuge. They were to establish six of these. Six of these cities of refuge. Three of them were to be established. And then the other three were to be established if they possessed all the land that they had been promised. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 19 beginning of verse 1. Deuteronomy 19, beginning of verse 1. When the Lord your God has cut off the nations whose land the Lord your God has given you, and you dispossess them and dwell in their cities and in their houses, you shall separate three cities for yourself in the midst of the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. You shall prepare roads for yourself and divide into three parts the territory of your land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, that any manslayer may flee there. And then drop down to verse 7. Deuteronomy 19, verse 7, Therefore I command you, saying, You shall separate three cities for yourself. Now, if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as He swore to your fathers and gives you the land which He promised to give to your fathers, and if you keep all these commandments to do them, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to walk in His ways, then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three, lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land which the Lord your God has given you, as an inheritance, and thus guilt of bloodshed be upon you. And so they're being told they're going to establish three cities, but if you possess all of the land God promised you, add three more to it, add six. You can find six cities of refuge being listed in Joshua chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. We won't read that long passage, but they established six cities of refuge. Therefore, we can conclude that all the land was given that they were promised. The scriptures are clear on that. They, God fulfilled his land promise. 
He also fulfilled the promise to make Israel a great nation. Of Abraham's seed would be a great nation. The promise was fulfilled in Egypt. God told Jacob to go to Egypt because there is where they would be made a great nation. Look at Genesis chapter 46, verse 3. Genesis chapter 46, verse 3. God tells Jacob, don't worry about going down there because you will be made a great nation there. Genesis 46, verse 3. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. So Jacob was told, don't worry, don't go down to Egypt. There you'll be made a great nation. Well, did that happen? That's what God said would happen. Look at Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, the Israelites have become a great nation. Exodus 1, verse 7. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. And that's why the pharaohs were worried about them, isn't it? Because they had become so populous and so mighty in number. They were worried that they would turn against them. They had become a great nation. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 9, beginning. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 9. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are today... As the stars of heaven in multitude, may the Lord your God, the Lord God of your fathers, make you a thousand times more numerous than you are, and bless you as He has promised you. Remember, Abraham was told that his seed, his 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 descendants would be like the stars of heaven in multitude. They're being told in Deuteronomy chapter one, verse nine through eleven, that they are as the stars of heaven in multitude. God has fulfilled, at this point the promise to make them a great nation. And finally, God had made a promise that in your seed all nations of the earth will be blessed. And God has fulfilled that promise as well. In Acts chapter 3, we've got to go to the New Testament for this fulfillment. You're not going to find the seed promise fulfilled in the Old Testament. It's fulfilled in the New Testament. And it's what all the scriptures are looking forward to. In Genesis chapter 3, beginning or in Exodus Acts chapter 3, verse 24. Acts chapter 3, verse 24, beginning. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In a way, everyone, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. That blessing of the seed promise, that in your seed all nations of the earth will be blessed, that was pointing to Jesus, our Savior. And they're being told here in Acts chapter 3 that that promise has been fulfilled, that Jesus has come to bless all nations. In Galatians chapter 3, in Galatians chapter 3, Paul makes this connection as well. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Through Jesus, all of the nations have been, of the earth have been blessed. Abraham 
through the genealogies that are preserved for us, is a descendant of Abraham. We can trace it all the way back to Abraham. Abraham's seed blessed all of the nations of the earth. While you're there in Galatians, look at chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the promise that was made to Abraham. And drop down to verse 26 of Galatians chapter 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been, were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promise is all nations of the earth will be blessed. Jew and Gentile. doesn't matter what tribal, the three promises he made to Abraham, the land, the nation, and the seed promise. And so as we conclude tonight, we have to ask, what are the lessons for us? And there are numerous lessons. We're not going to touch all the lessons for us that we learn from God fulfilling his promises to Abraham, but I have three for you tonight. The first of those being that God's promises are staggering. Think about Abraham. And getting that promise that in him, all nations of the earth were going to be blessed, that his descendants were going to inherit the land, and that his descendants were going to be as the stars of heaven. You realize that that promise was made to Abraham when he didn't have any children? He didn't have any children. It wasn't like he was a man. He, he had like 30 kids, and it well, seems reasonable that you could make a great nation out of this. No, Abraham had no kids. And yet God said, these wonderful things are going to happen to you. Things beyond even imagination that God made to Abraham. But I want to tell you, God makes staggering promises to us as well. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. God has made staggering promises to us. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God's made staggering promises to us, promises that we can not even imagine. Can he fulfill those promises? Well, we learn that from Abraham, don't we, as well? In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, we learn that God keeps his promises. God does not lie. God cannot lie. It is against his nature. It's impossible for God to lie. In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. God has made staggering promises to us, just like he made staggering promises to Abraham. And God can't lie. If God promises it, you can take it to the bank. He's going to fulfill those promises. We need to be like Abraham and have faith in the promises that God has made to us. We learn that by looking at Abraham and the fulfillment of those promises. That we need to have that kind of faith. God's made status tonight is that God's timeline is not our timeline. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 
Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. God's not bound to the same time constraints that we are. You realize that from the promise of Abraham becoming a great nation and inheriting the land, that approximately 600 years transpired. That God makes this promise to Abraham that I'm going to make you a great nation and that you're going to inherit this land, and 600 years about transpires. That's about the amount of time from when Columbus discovered the new world. That much time transpired between God making the promise to Abraham that these things are going to happen and them happening. Now, someone might say, wait a minute. Now. Time between God making the promise that in your seed all nations of the earth be, will be blessed to when Christ arrived on the earth was about 2,200 years. 2,200 years. And God fulfilled his promise. God's timeline is not our timeline. God's timeline is different. He's not bound to the same time constraints we are. God has made promises that are staggering. God keeps his promises. He keeps them on his timeline, not ours. We can have great faith in God's promises. God's made incredible promises to us, and he'll keep them. The question is, are we ready to enjoy his promises? Have we submitted to him? Do we have the kind of faith that Abraham had? The kind of faith that obeys? Remember, God made promises to him, and Abraham acted based upon those promises. Are we obedient to him? Are we obeying the will of God for us in our lives so that we can enjoy the promises that he's made to us? He's made us incredible promises. We need to be following him. What about you tonight? Are you here tonight and... Have you been living like God would have you to live? Have you obeyed the instructions that he gave to you? In Mark chapter 16, we looked at this passage this morning. In Mark chapter 16, we've got to have faith. We've got to be uh, faithful people like Abraham was. In Mark chapter 16, beginning of verse 15, Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. If we have the faith that Abraham had, we'll obey the instructions that Christ has given us. Are you being obedient to him in your life? If you're not, would you let us help you? If there's anything we can do to help you, let us know while we stand and sing.